The coronavirus pandemic is forcing us to think different. In this show, I'll be looking to the future and focusing on a big question. How are we going to pay for all this? There are about 1.6 trillion reasons why you might want to hold my beer and listen up for some good news. Thanks for joining me today, and if you're new to the channel, please hit subscribe. There's a lot more coming. There are links in the description for this show's research, too. We're seeing signs of breaking down old, antiquated rules. Telemedicine, for instance. And it's going to be tough putting that genie back in the bottle with people having all sorts of access to physicians they never had before. The same day, responses. Simply put, it's the fact that the rules no longer apply. They're no longer limiting physicians to get back to people via a phone call because they're not forced to come into the office. But who will pay for all this? China? Well, they're already covering it up. There's no research being published in China unless reviewed by their government. And that's a government-controlled system. And it's increasingly looking like they've been giving us faulty information. And we're making big decisions on data that may not be correct. And, you know, losing face is a big deal in that culture. So it's going to be a big problem. So who's left? Who's going to be paying for this? most likely taxpayers. It will take time, probably over a decade. If so, where will the money come from? And what if I told you there's plenty of money to pay for it? I've learned through a lot of studying about getting better care and listening to frontline doctors in this show and in private conversations. I'm not listening to the ivory tower pundits. They're usually naysayers and net negatives and woefully out of touch. By now, if you've been listening to the experts on the show, you know direct primary care enables large cost savings and far more care. How do they do that? Well, again, the focus is on comprehensive primary care. And if you look at the care triangle, DPC enables far more care in the ultra-low-cost primary care space. Why is that? Many episodes, including the Buyer's Guide summary, are worth watching to get the big picture. The bulk of our care over our entire lifetime falls within that space. And you know, we hear a lot about the 50% of healthcare spending by super users. But there's a common element there if you dig deep enough, and it's the lack of great primary care. Some don't receive any primary care. And when they do, it's up in the high cost two tiers, usually ERs. And that makes sense to drop as much of that care into the primary care space, doesn't it? 
$1.8 trillion. And for many, it's lack of problem prevention. It also reflects today's sick care system. DPC handles most care, including chronic and urgent care needs. Here's what comprehensive primary care looks like. Dr. Amy Ostick's services are typical. Comprehensive annual exams, sports and school physicals, preventative care, management of chronic illness, dietary and nutritional counseling, laceration repair, cryotherapy, skin biopsies, not including a pathology charge, but still, there's a lot going on here. And she also covers the need for urgent care visits, EKGs, acute visits, joint injections, nebulizer treatments. If you've ever priced these, you know how much they add up over a year. And with a family of four, it gets expensive, even with copays and deductibles. The management of chronic illnesses and urgent care needs, those two cost thousands of dollars in the old system. And that's a crucial point. The old nickel and dime system is fee-for-service based. Even with that, doctors can't charge for today's personalized care, the thinking time. And under normal circumstances, they can't charge for telemedicine, phone, phone visits. There are big limits to care in the old system, which COVID-19 is exposing. DPC eliminates that with a simple, easy membership fee. Yes, like Netflix, in that you know the shows are there at your convenience and not scheduled on a network's whim. DPC is care when you need it. And Amy's not alone either. Again, it's worth pointing out that those chronic care needs drive so much of our spending in the higher tiers. DPC dramatically reduces that. Consider when you don't feel well, an unusual pain. You've never had it before. If you're in the old system, you're thinking, what's this going to cost me? I call it transactional fear. So we put things off. Eh, I don't want to go to the doctor. It's a fear. But it's not the case with direct primary care. You don't hesitate anymore. You call or you text, send an email to your personal physician, and they take care of it. They handled it quickly. Patients love their care, too. Here's a story about Dr. James Tinsley at Lighthouse DPC in Newport News, Virginia, who was on the show. As you can see, they love their care. These are real-world results showing it's being done right now. It's not theory. Another example. Medicaid patients with DPC saved the state of Washington 19% a year. Many patients were going back to work because they were getting the time needed for comprehensive primary care without a lot of telemedicine and more time to let the program grow. There was more money on the table. Medicaid spends $616 billion a year. 19% is $117 billion in savings, with far better care, too. So how's that for a start? 
In a DPC-based system, with each American at $924 a year for a membership, that's $304 billion for the bulk of our health care. So what does that look like? At a 2017 Hint Health Summit, Dr. Lee Gross of Epiphany Health in Florida outlined some stark but encouraging differences. I've included a link to his part of the talk in the description. So there were 19 million colonoscopies a year in the U.S. at $4,028 per colonoscopy in this old system. That's $76.5 billion the old way. With DPC in the new system, it's only $19 billion. That's over $56 billion in real-world savings. Dr. Gross arranged to have biopsies done at the same time, so they have a bundled price of $1,000 now. A patient, we'll call him Bob, went to the ER for abdominal pain. The charges, which he showed on the screen, the charges came to $19,723.27. But Bob has insurance. So how did that work out? Well, the insurance company would probably tell him, Bob, we reduced that bill down to only $5,000. But since Bob has a $6,000 yearly deductible, which he hasn't met, he still needs to cut the hospital a check for $5,000. Bob turns to his wife and says, Whew, Maggie, just think if we didn't have insurance. I made up those names, by the way. So what's really going on here? Dr. Gross enlightened the audience. Had Bob and Maggie been Epiphany Health members, they would have avoided the hospital altogether. Their charges above their monthly membership fee would have been $301.29, with far better access to care from a doctor who knows them. Bob's insurance company didn't save him $15,000. He paid $5,000 for $301.29 of care while spending a thousand a month in premiums to thank the insurance company for the pleasure of saving them money. Ah, but mm, here's the hook. But Maggie, now we're only a thousand from meeting our yearly deductible. Deductibles and copays are the hooks set over many years. The insurance companies don't want to give that up either. Who can blame them? Do the math. And by the way, the hospital's $15,000 that they discounted, well, they wrote that off their taxes. Dr. Gross rightly says he's not beating up on insurance companies either. We need insurance. We're just using it the wrong way. DPC helps solve that problem. We can go back to using insurance the way it's supposed to be. For catastrophic events, just like car insurance, home insurance, you don't use it for the everyday things. That's a real-world wake-up call. This system we have now is deeply flawed, but we can change it. Note that word change. I didn't say fix. The good news is it's being done, and let no one tell you otherwise. The guests on this show prove it. So let's look at a DPC-based system. How much would it cost? 
we're now we're now spending about 3.6 trillion dollars a year, 3.65 trillion dollars a year. Well, you begin with 304 billion for direct primary care. That covers 329 million Americans with comprehensive primary care. Well, then you have to add in the top 10 surgeries, which about 9.3 million of those on average a year at about an average cost of 15,500 per surgery. And there's a link in the description for that. So that's $144.2 billion a year that we're spending on surgeries. So far, we're up to about $448.2 billion, but rounded up due to not accounting for all surgeries and a fudge factor. So you're talking $500 billion so far. And then we come to pharmaceuticals. Well, CMS says we spend about 10% of the total on pharmaceuticals. That's $365 billion currently. The average out-of-pocket is $43.4 billion. I won't even go into pharmacy benefit managers and their game playing. The docs I talk with all know about that. But let's not even go there, just to show there's still more on the table when I'm finished. A DPC-based system is $1.2 trillion per year so far. And then we have diagnostics. Sure, there's over-testing, but DPC helps reduce that. And diagnostics run roughly 3 to 5% of the total healthcare spending per year. So let's call it 4% of $3.65 trillion. So there's $122 billion right there. Roundup DPC systems cost to $1.32 trillion so far. There are other costs, such as over-the-counter medicines, medical equipment, nursing homes. But say we're low by $500 billion. Better yet, let's call it $700 billion to keep the naysayers and net negatives thinking. That's over $1.6 trillion less in yearly health care spending, which is on the table. Over 10 years, that's $16 trillion in savings and far better care, too. To get it, we'll need DPC. We'll need health savings accounts as the primary payment conduit, total price transparency and insurance geared to what it should be, coverage for extraordinary expenses, just like your car or house insurance. That's a solid foundation for the world's finest health care system. It's going to take time to ramp up comprehensive primary care. We have 50 years of inertia to overcome. We'll need 548,000 primary care physicians for 329 million people. And that's based on 600 patients per doctor. Again, that number is based on time with the patient, plus thinking about the patient and their care. It's today's personalized care that's driving that need, and the current system can't handle that. They can't bill for it. You now have an end game, the outcome to shoot for. It's not a moonshot. We're already doing it. It's not experimental. It's more of a known known instead of a big government-run black hole of spending and 
a huge Supreme Court level privacy issue. We'll have more confidence we're going in the right direction, less angst, no more food fights over health care. We can get back to more civility, too. So though this isn't a definitive cost analysis, it should give you enough information to say, wait a minute, hold up. How are we paying for this? Raising taxes? Total government takeover of health care? No, there's a far better way to do this at a far lower cost and great care. Coronavirus shattered the status quo and forced people to think different on many fronts. So I'll leave you with a question. Are you willing to leave $1.6 trillion a year on the table? Join us as we drive the conversation towards a better outcome, the right way, based on great care first. Please feel free to share your thoughts and comments. Until next week, thanks for listening. Keep washing your hands, and there you are.